This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Greetings, I am Barry. If you're searching for answers, spiritual help, clairvoyant readings, healings, crystals, books, incense, or jewellery, you need to go to Infinity, Hamilton Spiritual Centre, in the new premises at 550 Anglesey Street, or you can phone us on 838 1838. This is your link between this life and the next. Become the change the world needs today. Can you hear Greetings, I am Barry. This is the voice we're in for another week. Things pop up on your computer as they do when you're looking around. And a, a little picture came up with some writing on it, like they usually do on Facebook and stuff from one of my friends. And it said, For every human illness, there exists a plant which is the cure. And that was written by Rudolf Steiner. And I thought, yeah, of course that's right. I mean, in, in the old days, before Big Pharma got involved, that's all you had. You know, we had centipods when I was a lad. We didn't have some sort of fancy laxative that um, was bought from the shop and paid lots of money for. Anyway, this is um, this is a herbalist called David Crow, who's um, talking to Stephen Dynan, who runs the, the Shift Network, which is one of the things I get lots of stuff from. Another amazing worldwide outfit. Anyway, this is their interview. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to a special online event today. It's called How to Live a Healthy and Illuminated Life Through Botanical Medicine and Its Spiritual Practices, an overview of a groundbreaking year-long immersive herbalism certification program. My name is Stephen Dynan. I'm the founder and CEO of The Shift Network, and I am so delighted to be with you here with the man who has created a real paradigm shift for me and thousands and perhaps even hundreds of thousands of people around the world. His name is David Crow. He's an author. He's an herbalist. He's an educator. He's the founder of Floricopia Aromatic Treasures. And perhaps most importantly, he's somebody who's offering us a pathway to a deeper and more related connection to the whole plant kingdom in a way that restores our health and vitality and ultimately is in service to creating a whole new world. So we are very excited that David has not only taught dozens of programs now with the Shift Network, but that he has pulled together probably the most comprehensive pathway into herbalism at the highest level that has really ever been done online before. He, we've done plant medicine summits. We've done all these introductory programs, and we're going to get to take it to a whole nother level with this new paradigm of illuminated herbalism that pairs the depth of interior spiritual work with the working with plants in a wholly different new way that you'll really get to hear a lot more about today. So we're very excited. And uh, with that said, David, welcome to today's program. 
Thank you, Stephen. It's always great. Great. Well, let's, we're going to dive right in today. I know usually we do a little bit more of a personal backstory, but I think that what we want to do today is maybe share a little bit about the, the deeper why. Why do you feel this paradigm of illuminated herbalism, of the marriage of healing work and interior transformation with working with plants in a very holistic way? Why do you think this is such an important uh, shift for all of us to make at this moment in, on the planet? I think the best way to answer it is to give a little definition to the term illuminated herbalism. Why is herbalism illuminated or how, I should say, is herbalism illuminated? And this is something that I have been integrating, actually, in my own awareness and consciousness through decades of study. And the study has been in the classical Asian medical systems, primarily Chinese Ayurvedic and Tibetan medicine. And in those traditions, there is a lot of weaving together with spiritual traditions, uh, spiritual practices. So in Chinese medicine, practices of Qigong and the broader worldview of Taoism are all woven together. And in uh, Ayurveda, uh, the medicine aspect of Ayurveda is woven together with Tantra and the Vedas and Vedanta and yoga. And in Western herbology, there is some of that uh, weaving together as well, if we go back far enough. And so what we find is that herbal medicine, as it's being presented now in the West, is a bit out of context from the way that it used to be presented in cultures. And this term, illuminated herbalism, refers to several different things. One thing that it refers to is, what is the goal of herbal medicine, ultimately? And this is defined beautifully in classical Asian medicine and Tibetan medicine especially. They have a, a, a really nice system that outlines the different levels of herbal medicine and how they consider them in terms of their uh, place and, and value. And so it's said, and this is also found in Ayurveda and Chinese medicine as well, it is said that the Use of medicine for treating disease is actually the lowest level. And there are superior levels above that. And so herbal medicine, when it's used to treat physical illness, is really only the beginning of why we use herbs. And then the question comes, well, what's the level above that? And the level above that is using herbs for prevention. Okay, and so it is outlined here that uh, preventive medicine is superior to the treatment of illness. So then we have a level above that, and in that level, it is stated that there's a goal. There's a goal for prevention, and that goal is longevity. And then comes the natural question, well, okay, so if herbs are used for longevity as a uh, third higher level, then what is the purpose of longevity? And the purpose of longevity is defined as spiritual fulfillment, enlightenment, illumination. And so therefore, if we look at the classical Asian thinking about this in the philosophical systems, herbal medicine is not primarily for treating the body. Herbal medicine is primarily for helping us to fulfill our spiritual potential 
And so therefore, the term illuminated herbalism actually points to a fundamental difference in why we use herbs. Now, herbal medicine is exploding in popular culture since the pandemic, especially people are learning about it. But we uh, are also seeing that there's a lot of commercialization and a lot of very symptomatic approach and a lot of marketing and a lot of things that go with it that don't really convey the deeper purpose of what herbs are for and what they can really do. So if we look at this particular model that I just explained, we can see that there are places where we can use herbs that are incredibly beneficial for health. They, they will treat many conditions. In many cases, they work better than allopathic drugs, or in many cases, they work very well together with allopathic drugs. But allopathic drugs aren't really preventive. And we would like to have some medicine that is preventive. And then we'd like to have a reason to, to really put it into a bigger context which is that we'd like to have a long, healthy life. Not just a long life, okay, but a long, healthy life. And that is an entire branch of classical medicine as well. The branch of longevity, the branch of rejuvenation. And we also want to have a context for that, which is that we would like to uh, do something meaningful with it, which is our spiritual practice. So the word or the term Illuminated herbalism references that. It, it says we're using herbs for a particular spiritual purpose. But there's also other layers of meaning with this that I'll just touch on here briefly, and that is that illuminated herbalism also points to the fact that we can study herbal medicine and we can use herbal medicine uh, in a spiritual way. We can study herbal medicine in a spiritual way. What does, what does that mean? It means that we can look at the herbs as containing the life force, the prana, the chi of nature. And we can understand that the plants contain sunlight and moonlight and the five elements of earth, water, fire, air, and space, and this great intelligence. And we can approach the plants with reverence. And we can understand that, that uh, we are in a symbiotic relationship with plants all the time. And they're giving us life, and they give us, uh, you know, life force to prevent disease and cure disease and live a long, healthy life. And so we can actually use herbal medicine in a very enlightened kind of way. Not just take something symptomatically, a product on a shelf, because of some marketing we heard. We can actually enter into a very deep relationship with nature intimately when we use herbal medicine. And so that's one aspect, again, of the term illuminated herbalism. It means using herbs in an illuminated way. But it also means we can use the herbs to help us with our internal transformation of consciousness. And so these two things go together. We can study the herbs in meditation, actually, because so much of meditation is based on body sensations. And so we can study the effects of the herbs in a meditative state. We can study the prana, the life force, and the sun, and the moon, and the intelligence that are in the plants as they're working inside the body. But also, we can use those powers that are in the plants to actually support our meditation practice. And so that way, herbs become a practice, but herbs also help our practice. And so that way, we can integrate those two things together. 
this goes all the way back to these classical Asian spiritual traditions that are woven together with medicine. And we see that there's actually two types of uh, alchemy. There's an outer alchemy and an inner alchemy. And the outer alchemy is really using the world of plants for medicine to accomplish this. And then there's the inner transformative powers of our meditation practice and how plants can support that internal transformation. And plants have always been used to support our spiritual evolution in many different ways. Okay, so that's a quick overview of the meaning of illuminated herbalism. And within that, that is my passion. That is what I've been doing. That is how I have been studying herbal medicine. I've been studying herbal medicine very much in this context of the classical uh, Asian spiritual lineages. And it's become more and more integrated in my own awareness now so that when I am uh, teaching people about herbal medicine, it's now inseparable from how the herbs and the formulas and the diagnosis and the worldview, all of it was interwoven with spiritual practices traditionally. And to me, this is really critical. This is something that everybody needs right now. We all need to accelerate our spiritual evolution, and the plants can help us do that dramatically. And we all need plant medicines more than ever. So that's my passion. Well, I love the way you laid that out so beautifully with the different levels of uh, purpose, really, to working with plant medicine and how we can evolve higher levels and also feedback. So I imagine working on your spiritual evolution and seeing it through the, that lens also feeds back on your health level. And so there's this interconnection between all the different levels. And I love how this is an evolutionary step for humanity to sort of move beyond the mechanistic, reductionistic, often ways that we're exploiting nature, destroying nature to creating a harmonious reciprocal relationship with the biosphere. And plants are really the bridge for us to do that. Yes, indeed. It's an immediate way to reconnect with nature. And it's an ancestral, it's an ancient way to reconnect with nature. And we come in contact with nature whenever we drink some liquid. We come in contact with the environment whenever we eat food, whenever we take herbs. And so now at this point, I've really come to understand that herbal medicine is nothing more than ingesting the intelligence of, of nature. And so when we actually use herbal medicine, one of the things that we are ingesting that is coming into our system, whether it's in liquid form, food form, whatever form we're taking food or herbs, okay, those plants are coming in and they're circulating through the various systems of the body. And one of the most fundamental powers that can be found in all plant medicine is the age of those plants. And this is something that's being transmitted to us all the time. So we can go back and we can look at this particular root or this flower or this bark or leaf or whatever, and we can ask a basic question, well, how old is that medicine? Well, it's a lot older than pharmaceutical drugs. It's possibly millions, hundreds of millions of years old in some cases. And that age has some kind of power. It has a kind of life force. And when we ingest that, that's one aspect of what we're actually receiving from nature to heal us. So many different aspects of plant medicine are there when we drink a simple tea. 
That's just a quick overview of how I think about this. I think of the plants as actually being the vehicles for the power of nature, and that includes, you know, age and time and sun and moon and earth and all of those kinds of things. So I'm looking at things at this point through the lens of classical Asian medicine and its cosmology, and that's really influenced my thinking about herbs a lot. Love how you're sharing about it's sort of a distillate of the intelligence of millions of years of evolution that you're then ingesting in. Share a little bit more about that bridging process from what we often think of as meditation as in a more of an interior sort of self-focused practice to really bridging to the intelligence of a plant. I mean, I think that's a fascinating practice and concept. It would be very helpful if, if I shared with people a very simple meditation practice that I do, which is, um, I call it the four levels of prana. And this is a way to come directly in contact with the intelligence of nature inside of us. And if we're in contact directly with the intelligence of nature inside of us, then that automatically opens up our relationship with the intelligence of nature in everything around us. Because in order to understand or appreciate or see or feel or taste the intelligence of plants, uh, we actually have to know that they have intelligence. And that's um, uh, kind of a conceptual leap for a lot of people, but uh, it's also a conceptual leap for a lot of people to understand that the reason that we have life is because nature is incredibly intelligent and nature's intelligence is operating at all levels inside of us all the time so if we contact that intelligence then it does a lot of things it makes us sensitive to the intelligence of plants and allows us to relate to them uh, through this life force that we call prana or chi and it also uh becomes a spiritual path because when we contact or learn to really remember or feel or interact with the intelligence of nature that's inside of us, uh, it takes us all the way to the deepest levels of who we are cosmologically. And we are that energy that creates life. And we are that prana. We are that prana and the chi that's in the plants. And we are the prana that's in the body. And so how is that prana in the body operating right now? That's a good starting point. I would like to just tell people about the four levels of prana and how to meet those four levels. And it's really simple. The first level is body sensations. And everybody's got body sensations. And lots of people know about how do you uh, do body scanning meditation. Lots of people are aware of the pasna and body sensation awareness practices and things like that. So that's the first level. Second level is that we now inquire how are those body sensations arising, okay? Because in a lot of practices, that's as far as the meditation goes. We just become aware of the body sensation. But in this practice, we go one step further, and we become aware that body sensations are arising because of a current inside the body, and that current is the nervous system. But that nervous system is also said to be the conduits through which prana and chi are flowing. Okay, so right away, we move from body sensations to studying prana and chi in the nervous system. That's the second level. Third level is that we learn to recognize the flow of the body sensations through the nervous system are prana and chi. And that prana and chi is the intelligence of nature operating inside of us. Okay, 
So when we get to that third level, we are actually recognizing that everything that is flowing through the nervous system is the flow of intelligence from nature. And then finally, we come to the fourth level, and this is the hardest for everybody, and that is we do nothing. We leave it alone. We leave the life force of prana and chi in the body alone. And that's the hardest thing. That's the equivalent of, of basically just completely going into uh, deep relaxation, no mental activity, no emotional activity, just total rest at all levels. And that's what's hardest for all of us. What I do is I just start by closing my eyes and bringing my attention to the body, breathing slowly, bringing the awareness to all the different types of body sensations. But then, what we immediately do after spending a little bit of time getting settled in the body sensations, what we do is we recognize that the body sensations are arising because everything is coming into the brain and consciousness through the nervous system. And so we recognize that all the body sensations, everything I'm feeling right now, sitting on this cushion talking to you, everything that I am feeling is flowing through the body. And that's the nervous system. And that's where we first encounter body sensations as prana and chi. And so once we start to change our thinking and our perception about what the body is, then we can understand that it is actually prana and chi that are flowing through the nervous system. And now the third level of this practice is that we simply become aware that the prana and chi that's flowing through the body as nerve current is the intelligence of nature. That's it. So everything, you see some light through your eyelids, it's being brought to us by the intelligence of nature, both the sunlight and the ability to perceive it. And so we go through and every body sensation that we feel, we recognize it as a flow of prana and chi, and then we recognize the flow of prana and chi as a flow of nature's intelligence at all levels, from the most obvious body sensation to the most profound, subtle body sensations. And then the last step is we don't do anything. We just observe it. We don't interfere with it at all. We just observe it. And we sit in a very receptive, open state, feeling how nature is operating inside of us. And very specifically, what we would like to feel is how everything in the body is operating without our involvement. We don't have to do anything. Nothing. There's quadrillions of things happening all the time. We can't do anything about them. The only thing we can control is our voluntary muscles. That's it. Everything else is being done for us. And so this brings us face to face with a basic question, and that is, what is keeping us alive? What is taking care of us? What is breathing? What is pumping the heart? All of these things are being done by the intelligence of nature inside of us. And so this is how we can come into direct contact with it, because it's, as Rumi says, it is closer to you than you are to yourself.
Thank you. Thank you for that. And I, I appreciate this sort of like moving up the levels of recognition of what is actually unfolding. The flow of nature within us is already happening, that it's already just a matter of reframing it.
song from Bob Hillary and the Massive Mellow so yeah we're living on the back of it and uh, if we don't if we mess it up we don't know where else to go anyway let's get back to um, let's get back to our herbalist friend I used to get told off I used to say house and horses instead of house and horses anyway back to our herbalist friend this practice is the beginning of self-awareness that's necessary for our self-healing. And so self-healing is based on increasing our awareness of cause and effect. What is it that disturbs the prana in the body? What is it that allows the prana to flow freely? What is it that the prana likes to eat? What is it that the prana needs in terms of our rest and so forth? And you see, one of the main reasons why we have so much illness is because we're constantly overriding the intelligence of nature. And I think we could say this individually and collectively. I mean, we can say without a doubt that the disturbances ecologically at the planetary level are because we're simply not paying attention to what nature is trying to tell us. And it's going to win ultimately because it's more powerful than we are. So Listening to prana, being sensitive to prana, cultivating the uh, awareness of prana is actually the beginning of the healing process. And when we start with natural medicine, one of the first things that we have to learn is this food aggravates me. This food makes me feel better. Well, what is that? That's the feedback of the prana that, that we're starting to get. So as we cultivate this awareness, what we're really doing is we're becoming more sensitive to the messages of the body, and the messages of the, of the body are nothing more than the prana talking to us, you see. So what we could say then is prana is the intelligence of nature. And if you want to be, you know, put it into even more of a spiritual context or religious language, we could actually say that the intelligence of nature is the activity of God. We could say that. Nature is unfolding all the time. All of the things in the planet, in the biosphere, in nature, which includes the body, every activity that's going on is actually an expression of that intelligence. And so that intelligence is not just in the biosphere here. That intelligence comes from the sun and from the moon. And therefore, there must be a connection to the divine within us that we can actually feel biologically. And that's where our relationship with plants and natural medicine becomes profoundly spiritual because the plants also have the same elements operating inside them all the time as we do in our body. And therefore, natural medicine is nothing more than using the intelligence of the plants to help correct the intelligence inside the body. So the more we understand this, the more we can start to use herbal medicine in a really 
deeply educated way that's not just about, well, I took this herb program and I studied this book and I read this online and I heard about this product. It's really a deep, physical, biological, intimate knowledge of how plants work. And in order to reach that level, we have to have a sustained, repetitive relationship with our food, with herbs, with the different treatments, so that we really understand what they're doing. How to feel what's working and what's not working. Massage, acupuncture, Shiradhara, the warm oil cascade over the, over the head. So many of these treatments actually put the body into a deep state of rest. It's parasympathetic activation. And when we're in that state of deep rest, then what happens? Then the nervous system can help correct the underlying imbalances of the ailment. What that means is that the prana is now flowing without disturbance. So, so much of natural medicine is really nothing more than learning how to get out of our own way, you know, because we're constantly interfering with the intelligence of nature. So, this is partly practical because when we know these foods agree with me, these do not, these herbs are really what I need, these are not, we are actually going into a deeper relationship with nature inside of ourselves. But that path of approaching that deeper and deeper intelligence takes us all the way into the final realization that is pointed to in all the spiritual lineages. In other words, all the outer activity of the body and all the emotional confusion and all the mental confusion, all the suffering that's in the outer world, if we can follow the path gradually back towards inner well-being of approaching the prana and recognizing ourselves as the prana, it becomes the inner alchemy that can lead to self-realization. And self-realization is described in some traditions as recognizing that we are that prana. So again, that's just a way that I understand how we can weave the herbs together with this intelligence of nature inside of it. Such a depth and brilliance in what you're sharing. And I'm wondering how, like, since a lot of people come to herbal medicine with a more mechanistic understanding, um, sort of just like a little bit treating a plant like a substitute for a pill, if you will, from a kind of a more Western medical perspective. So how do you bridge from that understanding into this kind of much more the deeper kind of flow of prana and the marriage of the intelligence of the plant with our own intelligence and kind of interventions at level. What do you find are the sort of stepping stones that really help help us kind of make that transition? Let's be honest here. People just want to feel better. Okay, that's that's the first priority. And that's why allopathic medicine is so popular. It it supplies something that we need, which is uh, immediate relief of symptoms. And in a certain way, natural medicine requires a lot more responsibility than allopathic medicine. Because allopathic medicine places the solution to the problem in the hands of the drug. And it places the solution to the problem in uh, the power of the doctor. Now, in many cases, this is absolutely true. 
we we have to give the doctor power and we have to use a drug but in many cases we do not and we either can find a nice balance between the two systems or we can learn how to take care of ourselves so that we can stay out of the medical system and if we learn how to take care of ourselves so that we stay out of the medical system then this is actually a spiritual practice because what it means is we may not define it this way but we're actually learning to live in harmony with the intelligence of nature inside of us. And even if we have a condition that's complex and chronic and we need an allopathic drug, we can still use the intelligence of nature to need less of it or to wean ourselves off of it. So what I'm seeing is a real change in how the paradigm of, of medicine is conceived. and. I think it's probably accurate to say that the old paradigm is the doctor knows everything and the drug's going to do, do what needs to be done. And the new paradigm is that, well, wait a minute, patients know a lot and they're becoming increasingly educated and increasingly empowered. And a lot of doctors are recognizing the power of natural medicine. And so now what I see is that there's a whole new class of people I define as basically clinical level self-care practitioners. And this means that they know a lot about herbal medicine already. Now, a lot of that herbal medicine is actually being used in an allopathic kind of way. And there's benefits to that. It's, it's okay. You know, if, if you have an herbal program and you're just taking a handful of pills of natural products and it's working, great. It's working. <laughs> And if that helps you get off a handful of pharmaceutical drugs, then, then that's a better alternative. But there are definitely traditional cultural ways of going back into a much deeper relationship with nature, other than just taking a handful of, you know, pills from, you know, a health food store. And what does that mean? What does that look like? Well, this is something that that I have learned a lot about in my studies of classical Asian medicine in, in Nepal, in the Himalayas, in India, in South America. This is one of the places where you actually see how people use herbs. And in those places, yes, there is some degree of, uh, you know, retail sales of products and pharmacies and things like that. But what I was very fortunate to be able to see was I was able to see a traditional Tibetan doctor with his team of monks making their own medicine. And I was able to see the Ayurvedic doctors harvesting the herbs or buying the herbs from the market or having one of their students uh, bring the herbs from the forest and making their own medicine. Now, when herbal medicine is being done at that level, which is what it used to be entirely, when there is that intimate relationship, hands-on, where you have to know the plants, then the first thing you have to know is, well, where are the plants? What are the plants? How do you identify them? And suddenly you become a botanist. And furthermore, you have to understand a lot of things about, well, the plants are more powerful on this side of the mountain than that side of the mountain. So now you, you start to understand ecophysiology. And that starts to tie in with the whole cosmology of the sun and the moon and the hot and the cold properties of the plants and so forth. And you have to understand the seasons. And it's therefore a very easy natural step to go to the forest, 
to get the herbs. And instead of just like taking them off the shelf and opening the bottle and taking a pill, you have a relationship with that plant. You have to dig it out of the ground. And if you dig it out of the ground, you're going to have a whole new respect for that plant because it's got really deep roots. And those roots have been growing for decades. And you know that if you dig that plant up, it's going to take a long time for it to regenerate. And suddenly, you feel a very natural reverence for the plants around you and great respect. And you can feel, taste, smell the power that they have. And so it's really easy at that point to feel reverence and to feel appreciation. And that's where all of these other dimensions start to come in. Prayer, gratitude, ritual, ceremony, all of these things. And herbal medicine was always woven into that. And now that takes us back to outer alchemy, inner alchemy, illuminated herbalism. So in illuminated herbalism, I use that term to refer to this aspect of herbology, which is that we're not just using products mindlessly, even though they might be good for us, we're actually using it as an opportunity to reestablish a relationship with the plant, even if it's just in a tea form, even if we didn't go to the forest ourselves. We have the opportunity to start bringing those practices back in again. And I know uh, through my teaching of so many courses here at the Shift Network that people uh, are craving that. They love to do it. They are already doing it. They know about it. So what we're actually doing now is we are weaving back together threads of cultural traditions that were lost. And what we have in the West now is this explosion of herbal products. But along with the awareness of the benefits of herbal products is also this big question, what about our relationship to plants? What about our relationship to nature? You know, if this plant is so good for me, shouldn't I give thanks to it? Or if I'm going to harvest something from my garden, how should I give thanks? How, how do we bring those traditions back in again? Every culture is doing exactly the same thing. They're just saying thank you to the plants. They're appreciating them. They're giving gratitude. They're recognizing their powers. And they're incorporating the plants into deeper spiritual practices. It's the use of spiritual practice to charge the herbs and to invoke higher consciousness into the plant that we use. And in that process, what we are doing is that we are actually very consciously interacting with the power of nature. We are absorbing the power of nature, but we are also interacting with the power of nature in a very spiritual way. I think it's a great time to talk really explicitly about your upcoming certification. And first of all, I want to say this is this is truly groundbreaking program. This is something that has not been offered before. This is totally complementary to any other herbalism work that's happened out there and is a unique synthesis of global wisdom traditions with the intelligence of, of uh, herbalism and uh, Chinese medicine and Ayurveda all woven together in a very unique way that I think only David can truly offer this synthesis. So the program is called Illuminated Herbalism Certification Program, a year-long certification in plant medicine and spiritual methodology for rejuvenation, longevity, and awakening with David Crow. 
So you can find the program laid out in detail at plantmedicinecertificationprogram.com. So sorry, it's a little long there, but just all spelled out, plantmedicinecertificationprogram.com. You'll note that this is a program, meaning that it's a much deeper dive than a typical course. There's an application process. It's a more intimate community. We're optimizing the size to keep it more high touch and personal. This is really a commitment to not just show up for a few classes, but to really do your deep inner work, both the study as well as the practice, so that you really emerge much more adept. And in this synthesis of of healing work and spiritual work and plant medicine, all into a very holistic paradigm. And this can be useful if you're including plant medicine work as part of your offering in the world, can be very valuable just if you're a deep diver yourself and want to take your, your knowledge to the next level. And, um, and really is, is, is ultimately about shifting a paradigm of how we relate to nature and plant intelligence so that we see this complementary co-evolution of plants and humans in a way that leads to a, a really healthy and whole biosphere and, and a future for humanity. So, David, I'd love for you to share, first of all, on your on a high level, like why are you offering this and why is this valuable for people to take this deep year-long dive with you? Well, I think everybody wants to feel better. I think everybody wants better health. And if we combine herbal medicine with meditation practice and spiritual practices, uh, herbs work better. That's all. So in other words, the first motivation is that I want to see herbal medicine benefit people even more than the way that they're using it now. And this is how we do it. It's going to be more powerful because when we use herbs in a spiritual way, the power of the herbs increases. Maybe it's because our mind is potentizing them. That's my theory. So I want to see people feel better. And I know that uh, when people use herbs in a spiritual context, that they feel better not just because they're using the herbs and they're potentizing the herbs and they have more awareness of their body sensations and more awareness of the feedback and all of these kind of things, but the spiritual practices make us feel better also. I'm also really inspired in the bigger historical context of what's happening with herbal medicine. If we look back 40 years, which is how long I've been involved in this, there was very little herbal medicine 40 years ago. And it was just starting to come to the West through acupuncture training. That was my entry into it. And that was really before Ayurveda was popular. Chinese medicine came about 10 years before Ayurveda came. And then step by step, all of these things have been arriving from these other cultures. And then with the pandemic, suddenly this huge explosion of interest in herbal medicine. So I look at this in a historical context. What role have I played? Well, I have been around since kind of the beginning of this movement and have played some role in contributing to this change and increase in cultural awareness about the benefits of plant medicine. And it's tremendous. It's changing medicine. It's changing the entire concept of well-being. It's raising health consciousness in so many different ways. And raising health consciousness in general is what is absolutely necessary for global sensitization to the ecological crisis. 
because the ecological crisis is going to, it is hitting us in ways that we can understand easier and easier, which is sickness. Sickness is increasing because of ecological breakdown. And so this is the link with natural medicine. You see, because healing sickness also means that we have to heal the environment. We have to deal with the root causes of the illness, all illnesses. And so that has been a guiding vision for me personally. And I have seen many success stories that are very inspiring about how a plant medicine becomes very popular, and then immediately the next thing that happens is that it's threatened, it's over-harvested. But then, gradually, what happens is that becomes the financial motivation to preserve it. And so I have seen that this demand for herbal medicine translates into ecological preservation and, and restoration. And so this is one of the main reasons that I am also advocating for plant medicine, because it is sustainable and it heals the environment, not just because it's good for us. Historically, what I am really excited about with this program is that it's bringing together these threads that have been separated through the transmission to the West, but also in the destruction of the cultures originally, you see, because classical spirituality-based Chinese medicine was destroyed 100 years ago in China by the arrival of allopathic pharmaceutical medicine and the suppression of those indigenous practices and the Cultural Revolution. So in many countries, and this also happened to Ayurveda in, in India, it happened to Tibetan medicine in Tibet, over the last hundred years, these indigenous cultures that were woven together with spiritual practices were destroyed or suppressed by changes within the culture themselves. And so therefore, I look at this historically and I see that this is an opportunity for us to bring back what used to be very clearly integrated and synthesized together between medicine and spirituality. When I was doing a little bit of research on this, what I found was that there's a lot of certifications for herbalism, but there is nothing that is actually half and half herbalism and the original spiritual lineages that the herbal side of things used to be taught in and practiced in. And so this is the most important thing for me, the most inspirational thing, the greatest thing that I see that I can contribute now to raise the standard of herbal medicine at this particular time and to contribute something meaningful is to say, look, herbs used to be used with meditation. Herbs used to be used with ceremony. It's still being done a little bit here and there, but let's bring them together into one complete educational package and really understand how the mind and the body and the plants all interact and how we can bring these lineages back together again. And so this is an incredible opportunity that you have given me 
you know, to be able to share this information. Really, the most exciting thing for me, the big inspiration for me, is that this is bringing back, or it's reintegrating these two lineages. Beautiful. Well, thank you. It's truly an extraordinary and historic opportunity and really to lift the whole field. And so I'll share a few other things and just reasons why you want to seriously consider participating. So you get not only a deep immersion into the different lineages, you understand the power of modern and ancient herbal formulas working together. You're going to get a higher level of clinical self-care, which includes the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual levels. You also are going to learn a lot about creating your own home botanical pharmacy and preparation of a wide variety of medicines. You're going to get a lot of insight into subtle energy systems, physical and subtle energies and botanical medicines. We're also going to integrate a lot of other faculty. We focus more on David here, but David has invited in some of the other real pioneering figures out there. Adrian Ayala, Dr. John Duyar, Dr. Mark Halpern, Daisy Lee, Puma Freddy, Kispe Singona from different lineages around the world. So we have from the Chinese lineage, from the Peruvian lineage, from Ayurveda. And it's going to be very experiential. You're going to come out with a deeper understanding of how the body works, your emotional body, your energy body. You're going to understand how to go beyond different pain and symptoms, stabilize your mind and use your inner journey assisted by plant medicine. So this is really appropriate for healing practitioners, broadly defined, not just clinical herbologists, but people who want to understand your knowledge of healing systems, how it can complement different facets of healing. It also helps you attain a higher level of perception of your body-mind relationship and learn about the biochemical and mechanistic way of plants working, but also understanding them from a spiritual perspective. So there's a lot of different threads that are woven together in this program that are going to be very practical and very uh, inspirational at the same time. I think at this point, it would be great to introduce KP Khalsa, as he's going to be playing a major role in this certification program. He's going to be helping me with the regular integration sessions. These are sessions that happen after every class, where we get back together again and open up discussion and have questions and more in-depth studies about the topic that we covered previously. So, Kartapurik is going to be doing this twice a month, and I will be doing this once a month. And for those of you who know KP, you know that he is one of the most outstanding and highly qualified senior herbalists in the world, who's more than exceptionally qualified to be an assistant teacher in this program. So I'm really honored that he accepted the invitation to do this. So, David, I'd love for you to share about just a little quick sneak preview of some of the units you're going to be going through. I know that there's uh, 11 units. And so unit one is on beginning the journey of rejuvenation, understanding the goal of illumination. We would like to accomplish two primary goals. One is the outer alchemy of using plants to improve our health. And that is sort of under the broad category of rejuvenation. But we would also like to put it into the context of we're doing this for a meaningful purpose. And that raises the question of, well, what, what is illumination? What will give us ultimate spiritual fulfillment? And what is the relationship of the time that we have now, this brief time in this body, in this incarnation, and th the resources that we have to take care of our health? And how do we want to improve our health? for that particular goal. Unit two 
is the illuminated herbal pharmacy, and that's botanical intelligence and the energies, elements, and compounds of plant medicine. And so in that unit, we're really going to go into how to use a home pharmacy, what herbs, how to use them, how to prepare them, basic guidelines. This is a tincture. This is a tea. But then very quickly, we start asking, well, what, what's actually in this herb? And that is where we come back right away to the discussion about prana and chi and the five elements, because now we know we're not dealing just with herbs. We're dealing with intelligence of nature right there on the kitchen counter, and it's going to go into and interact with the intelligence of nature inside our body. And that's where I'm very pleased to be able to introduce Adriana Yalis, and she's going to be giving us a class here on the preparations of herbs, plus her own unique perspective on how that can all be integrated with prayer and ceremony as well. We're going to talk about the chemical compounds, and we're going to talk about the five elements according to Ayurveda and Chinese medicine. Then we move to Unit 3, titled Aromatherapy, Sacred Sense, and Deepening the Exploration of Self. So what we're going to cover here is an introduction to essential oils and aromatherapy, and specifically the branch of aromatherapy we could call the sacred sense. And those are the aromatic plants that have been used throughout history for supporting meditation and spiritual purposes. So we might as well just bring those in and start using them in our daily life and our studies because they can have such a positive effect on the mind to support relaxation and tranquility and deepen our meditation practice and so forth. And then, just as part of that, we have another meditation that we're going to bring in, which is really the process of self-inquiry according to Vedanta and Ayurveda, which is really going into those four levels of prana, but in a unique way and, and really looking at the nature of self. And so throughout the entire program, there are these different methods of self-inquiry, introspection, mindfulness, body sensations, many, many traditions of contemplative meditative practices are represented in this, in this certification. So that's unit three. Uh, unit four is illuminated herbalism and the inner and outer dimensions of the respiratory system. Now this sets up the flow for the rest of the program. And now we move unit by unit, class by class, back and forth between practical medical applied herbology and the inner dimensions. And so when we learn the practical medical herbology, what we're learning is how to take care of a different system, each unit. We have a wonderful guest teacher there, Dr. John Dooliard, and he's going to complement the program here by talking about the breathing process as the foundation of spirituality. So then unit five, we move now to illuminated herbalism and the inner and outer dimensions of the cardiovascular system. We just go system by system. And so when it comes to the cardiovascular system, well, we're talking about herbs for the heart, but you can imagine how many spiritual dimensions we can explore when it comes to the heart. Next unit is illuminated herbalism and the inner and outer dimensions of the nervous system. Practical applications, stress and anxiety and sleep and all of that. But it's also the nervous system that gives us a direct, deep access to 
the current of prana that is in the mind stream, the flow of our mind, okay, the flow of consciousness. I'm honored to introduce another guest teacher, Dr. Mark Halpern, and he's going to start us off into the next unit by giving us a talk on detoxification in yoga and Ayurveda. And so rejuvenation is the main theme throughout the entire program, but detoxification is part of that. Sometimes we need detoxification in order to rejuvenate. Then we go to Unit 7, and this is Illuminated Herbalism and the Inner and Outer Dimensions of the Digestive System. This is why we start off with a discussion about detoxification, because the process of detoxification generally centers on improving digestive function. Between looking at herbs to support our digestive health, treating digestive conditions, self-care for digestive conditions, but what are the subtle energetics of the digestive system? What, what are the dimensions of the digestive fire, the Agni? Metabolism and digestion is not just happening like in, in the small intestine. It's happening in our sense organs. It's happening in our brain. It's happening in our sleep state. It's happening in our memories and so forth. So now we have Unit 8, the medical and spiritual dimensions of detoxification. Now we go really into what are the spiritual dimensions of detoxification? There are very, very profound aspects of detoxification, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And in a certain way, you know, in, in many lineages, we see this reference over and over again that enlightenment is simply the purification of ourselves fully. And then we have rejuvenation, detoxification for the musculoskeletal system, for pain, inflammation, degeneration. And so this is really strongly medically based, but there are spiritual dimensions to it, of course. Spiritual dimensions of pain is a very, very important fundamental subject that we should understand. Unit 10 takes us into illuminated herbalism and the medical and spiritual dimensions of rejuvenation. So we started with rejuvenation. It's a theme that runs throughout every class. And then we come back to rejuvenation as the primary closing topic also. What is rejuvenation? What are we trying to rejuvenate? What is the essence that makes us feel youthful again? Rejuvenation has to do with rehydration. And that's because the aging process dries us out. As we get older, we get drier. And so we want to hydrate the fluids. We want to build the blood, help to restore the fluidity of the joints and the movement and cerebrospinal fluid and skin and all these kinds of things. This is where I also have the great honor of introducing Daisy Lee as a guest teacher, a wonderful Qigong teacher. And she's going to be contributing and complementing this entire topic by talking about Qigong practices for rejuvenation. Then we come to the last unit, which is sexual rejuvenation, longevity, and the river of life. And before we start that unit, I have another wonderful guest who will be teaching, Dr. Marisa Larson. And she is an Ayurvedic practitioner, and she is going to be sharing teachings from Ayurveda about the rejuvenation of sexual vitality and power, which is really at the root of rejuvenation of all power, immune power and 
spiritual meditative power and cognitive powers and everything. It's all linked to our sexual vitality. And so we want to protect that, cultivate that. Then it takes us back to the very beginning, which is what is the purpose of this practice of medicine? What is the purpose of herbal medicine? And that is to know ourselves at a very, very deep level, to have self-illumination and to have illumination about the true nature of who we are. There's obviously so much in there. It's, it's encyclopedic and powerful and deep. So what a blessing to have this available. Again, you can find the whole program laid out and you can do so at plantmedicinecertificationprogram.com. You not only get the 52-hour classes with David Crow and guest faculty, you get recordings of every session, video and audio. You can go back to those at any time. Word-for-word transcripts. There's three 90-minute monthly integration sessions. We have elective teaching with guest faculty. There's interactive questions and time, online group support. There's a level of rigor and depth that's really just unprecedented. Also, you get a 20% discount at Floricopia online store, really allow you to build out that home pharmacy. You get 20% savings on any purchases. You get an herbal supplier discount package. There's 10% discount at Banyan Botanicals and Herbalist and Alchemist and Five Flavors Herbs. And at the end of this, you'll receive a illuminated herbalism certification. This really gives not only a personal validation for the level of depth that you've explored, but also can be used as part of your overall offerings to the world. You certify that you participate in this year-long immersion, that you have a practical knowledge of Ayurvedic, Chinese, and Western botanic medical traditions, and, and really gives us something that you you can really build your life path around. This whole certification also builds upon core teachings from David's companion course called Mastering Ayurvedic Chinese and Western Herbal Formulas to Detox, Rejuvenate, and Heal. You get access to that full seven modules. Basically, we're giving you everything we can to empower you to have true mastery of this area and really a depth of wisdom that you can apply in your own life and the lives of clients and other people as well. So the investment for this journey is nine payments of $647. So you save about 10% when you pay in full, which is one payment of $52.97. The certification is going to start on February 17th. Put in your application. The primary class sessions are going to be on Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 Eastern with Tuesday integration. There'll be recordings every week. So even if you can't make those live times, you can still get the full value and also do the integration sessions. So if you haven't experienced David's work before, there's some great testimonials on the page as well from people whose lives have been transformed and their overall understanding of plant medicine really up-leveled. It's an amazing offering on every level, and I know you're going to be blessed to be part of this cohort of people who are diving deep, doing the synthesis, ancient wisdom streams, modern understanding in a really unique way. You get your application in and... Hopefully be part of the cohort starting on February 17th, and you can do so at plantmedicinecertificationprogram.com. So, David, what an amazing, amazing time with you. Just a final word or two with, for folks who are considering going further with you. Now, there are a lot of herbal certification programs that are out there. And at the same time, the entire field of herbal medicine is unregulated. So the purpose of this program is not to make you a clinical herbalist. This program is about self-knowledge. So the way that I would like to present this is that this is a certification program in how to take care of yourself, how to know the body, 
how it works energetically, how to use herbal medicine to take care of yourself. Not intellectual or academic training in how to treat others without actually having the direct personal experience of healing yourself first. All right, that's how I'm thinking about this. But if we look at this information and we ask a basic question, well, who needs this? Who would benefit from it? It's virtually everybody. It's people who have health problems. It's people who want to prevent health problems. It's people who are already practitioners who want to go deeper into these traditions, spiritually and medically. And it's virtually any discipline, any health-related discipline. You practice yoga, it's going to help with that. You practice qigong, it's going to help with that. Any spiritual discipline, bringing the herbs in can help. Any herbal discipline, any natural medicine discipline, bringing the spiritual side in will help. So it's actually more encompassing and more relevant than actually just saying this is a herbal certification. So Stephen, thank you again so much for the opportunity to present this information to everybody. Well, thank you, David, for this deep and unprecedented offering. To, it really empowers all of us at the highest possible level. You can find the program laid out in detail at plantmedicinecertificationprogram.com, plantmedicinecertificationprogram.com. Well, thank you all for joining us. Thank you, David, for the, just the power and beauty of this offering. And we look forward to inviting many of you into this program. And really, let's all go forward with a deeper understanding of how plant medicine and our personal evolution can be entwined in a beautiful new way. So thank you.
River of Creation by Arnie Ma, that one. Now, I don't usually leave all that sort of stuff in advertising their courses, but I thought you might be interested in that. It, it sounds really, really interesting. Um, if you go, to, if you can't find the, the one they listed, if you go to shiftnetwork.com and search through there, you'll, you'll come across it. It obviously started in February, but um, all the recordings will still be there. You'll be able to catch up on stuff. So here's just a little TED talk from an 11 year old to finish off our show for this week. years old. I came here today to talk about what's wrong with our food system. First of all, I would like to say that I'm really amazed how easily kids are led to believe all the marketing and advertising on TV, at public schools, and pretty much everywhere else you look. It seems to me like corporations are always trying to get kids, like me, to get their parents to buy stuff that really isn't good for us or the planet. Little kids especially are attracted by colorful packaging and plastic toys. I must admit, I used to be one of them. I also used to think that all of our food came from these happy little farms where pigs rolled in mud and cows grazed on grass all day. What I discovered was this is not true. I began to look into the stuff on the internet, in books, and in documentary films, in my travels with my family. I discovered the dark side of the industrialized food system. First, there's genetically engineered seeds and organisms. That is when a seed is manipulated in a laboratory to do something not intended by nature. Like taking the DNA of a fish and putting it into the DNA of a tomato. Yuck. Don't get me wrong. I like fish and tomatoes, but this is just creepy. The seeds, the seeds are then planted, then grown. The food they produce have been proven to cause cancer and other problems in lab animals. And people have been eating food produced this way since the 1990s. And most folks don't even know they exist. Did you know rats that genetically engineered corn had developed signs of liver and kidney toxicity? These include kidney inflammation and lesions and decreased kidney weight. Yet almost all the corn we eat has been altered genetically in some way. And let me tell you, corn is in everything. And don't even get me started on the confined animal feeding operations called CAFOs. <laughs> Conventional farmers use chemical fertilizers made from, troll made from fossil fuels that they mix with the dirt to make plants grow. They do this because they've stripped the soil from all nutrients, from growing the same crop over and over again. Next, more harmful chemicals are sprayed on fruits and vegetables, like pesticides and herbicides, to kill weeds and bugs. When it rains, these chemicals seep into the ground or run off into our waterways, poisoning our water too. Then they irradiate our food, trying to make it last longer, so it can travel thousands of miles from where it's grown to the supermarkets. So I ask myself, how can I change? How can I change these things? This is what I found out. I discovered that there's a movement for a better way. Now, a while back, I wanted to be an NFL football player. I decided that I'd rather be an organic farmer instead. That way... <laughs> Thank you. And that way, I can have a greater impact on the world. I learned this guy named Joel Salatin, 
They call him a lunatic farmer because he grows against the system. Since I'm homeschooled, I want to go hear him speak one day. This man, this lunatic farmer, doesn't use any pesticides, herbicides, or genetically modified seeds. And so for that, he is called crazy by the system. I want you to know that we can all make a difference by making different choices, by buying our food directly from local farmers or neighbors who we know in real life. I'll, some people say organic or local food is more expensive, but is it really? With all these things I've been learning about the food system, it seems to me that we can either pay the farmer or we can pay the hospital. I know... <laughs> One, I know definitely which one I would choose. I want you to know that there are farmers out there, like Bill Keener and Sequatchie Coast Farms in Tennessee, whose cows do eat grass and whose pigs do roll in the mud, just like I thought. Sometimes I go to Bill's farm and volunteer so I can see up close and personal where the meat I eat comes from. I want you to know that I believe kids will eat fresh vegetables and good food if they know more about it and where it really comes from. I want you to know that there are farmers markets in every community popping up. I want you to know that me, my brother, and sister actually like eating baked kale chips. I try to share this everywhere I go. Not too long ago, my uncle said that he offered my six-year-old cousin cereal. He asked if he wanted organic toasted O's or the sugar-coated flakes. You know, the one with the big striped cartoon character on the front? My little cousin told his dad that he would rather have the organic toasted O cereal because Burke said he shouldn't eat sparkly cereal. And that, my friends, is how we can make a difference, one kid at a time. So next time you're at the grocery store, think local. Choose organic, know your farm, and know your food. Thank you. Never ceases to amaze me that there are so many people out there in this world that are awake. Um, awake before COVID even got going, but now there's still some of us that are awake not into the COVID problems um, but still we are not standing up as we should do and telling those that are, that are in charge what really we should be doing I am Barry it's been the voice within Kakite Shalom Namaste Masalam may your God go with you
Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.